I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Thursday, June 4, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Oh boy, do we have good stuff to go over today. Not only are we going to talk about the normal stuff we do, but we're going to take the intraday charts from a slightly different perspective, one that we've done before. It's going to be a cool lesson in how we determine what the market's really actually doing at the time. And what you'll see when we go through that exercise and inside the numbers members will see this clear as day, you'll see that's exactly where the commentary inside the numbers came from, not only most every day, but certainly today. Stand by, we'll talk more about that when we get there. What we want to do first is identify what's the number one or two or three things that jump off the daily chart so that we can get a clear picture from a 30,000 foot view perspective and then we'll drill down to the intraday stuff and obviously throw the ball around the horn. The market did some cool stuff today. So what it did was it dipped down but it had what I like to call a rescue operation. The result of that is basically finishing right on top of an important number. Now, the important number we're discussing is 311, which is the top line, the top magenta horizontal trend line. And it's actually become, over the last couple of days, a more important number than what might normally meet the eye. Why is that? Well, when we go look at the intraday chart, you're going to see one of the reasons why, and then you'll start to see a whole plethora of other reasons why. How do you like the word plethora? Net-net, is there anything wrong with the daily chart? No. Same routine. It's above all the moving averages. It's in an uptrend off the bottom, the bottom of March 23rd, and that's not changed. What has changed is how far we've come and where we are. So we know that we're still in a very important area. Just because the market spent a couple of days here doesn't mean that it's A, going to bust through, or B, continue to stay here. It can certainly get rejected, which brings me to another important point, which is what's going on Friday morning? Because Friday morning certainly can be the ingredients to a recipe to make the market move in one direction or another. It's not necessarily a cause and effect type of a scenario. It's more of an excuse type of scenario. We'll get back to that in a moment. But the thing we're talking about is the all-important phony jobs number that comes out 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday morning. Why do I call it the phony jobs number, the employment report? Mainly because nobody actually knows the number. Whatever number they're posted, and this is also unbeknownst to most market participants, the number they post up tomorrow morning gets revised like three times. And the revisions are big. They're not like by a thousand jobs. The revisions could be a swing from positive to negative of a hundred thousand one way to a hundred thousand the other way. There's a margin of error of like three percent. There's a formula that I believe it's the Bureau of Labor Statistics, a formula they use to come up with the number. It's not an actual factual number. It's a massaged 
formula that Einstein would blush at. So you have to take the number with a grain of salt, but what we do know is whatever number they put up on the board, that's the number that the market's going to react to. That's what we care about. What's the reaction? It's going to be an excuse to send the market higher or it's going to be an excuse to send the market lower. That's the way we treat the phony jobs number, a.k.a. another rendition of Kabuki Theater. So again, here's what we do know. We know they're likely going to move the market on the number. And if they don't, maybe we get stuck in the mud and we trade around where we did today, tomorrow. And that's fine too. We'll deal with it at the time from an inside the numbers intraday perspective. But if they start pushing higher, they can certainly create another conveyor belt of pies in the face, also known as a short squeeze. We talked about that yesterday. It certainly continues to be a possibility. What's another possibility? How about, and this happens not necessarily all the time, but it happens enough to where it's an awareness that we need to have. The phony jobs number comes out at 8.30. They gyrate the market around and it spikes up and it looks like it's going to take off like a bat out of hell. But what you end up with is essentially either a collapse before the open or a gap in crap. That's a possibility. It's an awareness. It's on the table. And then, of course, the third scenario is they pull the rug out and the market just drops like a stone. Now, looking at the daily chart, we don't know what's going to happen. We have to wait to tomorrow to see what's going to happen if, in fact, they're going to use the phony jobs number as an excuse to move the market. Maybe they move it overnight. We don't know. I'm just getting pre-prepared for whatever scenario unfolds. Now, let's go the other direction. Let's get down to some brass tacks. We'll call this a segment in hashtag reading the market, better known as reading the tape. 15-minute chart. If I don't tell you anything, what do you see? Now that everybody looked like a deer in the headlights or gave a different answer from each other, what I'm going to do is tell you the thing that jumps off the screen at me. Now, part of this is the result of the 311 being a known known at this point. What's a known known? A known known is I already know that it's important. The market proved it to me several times today and yesterday that that number is in fact important. You want me to reprove it? Here's an area came up short here, rallied away. Here's an area where it tested it, ran a test. Here's another one. I mean, you can see what's going on here. And then at the end of the day, and here's the thing that jumps off the page at me, the end of the day ramp puts the market back above 311. Here's a one minute chart. That's what I'm talking about. The fact that they jam the market up into the close, into the photo finish to close above 311, to me, that has to be part of reading the tape. Is that important? Is it a rope-a-dope? If we're taking it at face value, and if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, that was bullish into the end of the day. Could it be the rope-a-dope? Of course it could. Could they kill the market after the phony jobs number? Of course they could. I'm just going by with what happened at the end of the day. And when we apply the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time, that's bullish behavior leading into the next day. All right, what else we got? We got inside the numbers. That's what we got. It was another had it lock, stock, and barrel kind of day. I'm going to let you read the notes for yourself 
and I urge you to go back to the chart and see what happened after the note was posted. Here, we know 3100 from an S&P E-mini futures contract perspective is important. Overnight, they ran a test down there, they spiked it through early in the morning, they fought back. So we know that from a psychological perspective, that's an important spot. So we're getting the schematic written for the day. We know what numbers are important when the market's above, we know what market will likely do with certain numbers below or being below certain numbers. And we're going to get the lay of the land early on. First, we want them to conduct the morning shakeout. Let's move along and see what happened. Well, we know what happened. They opened right on 311, right over it. That's what the bulls needed to get a spark going. And then wait till you see what happened next. And by the way, while this is going on, we had a nice quick rocket ride in crowdsource. We'll get to stocks on the move later. So right out of the gate, we're consistent. Hovering above 311 keeps the bulls in control. That's our early pivot. So before the day starts, we know about 311. We know about 311 during the day. We know about 311 into the close. Does everybody know about 311? Many traders know about 311. The market knows about 311. That's why it keeps centering around 311. Now, the ones that didn't know about 311 are scratching their heads saying, hey, I didn't know about 311. Well, you should have. So that's all we need to know. And you can see it here. No change above 311 and they're good. What does that mean? That means as long as they stay above 311, the bulls are in control and they'll try to rally the market. That's the way it works. And by the way, check this out at 9.36. Closing short-term candles above, and that's 3.11, of course, promote a run toward the high from yesterday. SPY 3.12.21 will be some resistance. Resistance. I didn't mean to write that twice. Didn't notice it till just now. And then by 9.57, there you have it. The SPY is at the first area of resistance. They did part of the thing. The second part will be getting through the gap and to yesterday's highs could take some time and there could be some natural resistance at or around the gap. What am I talking about? You know the routine, everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. There's the opening candle of the day. This is a five minute chart. And where did we run up to? 312.21, that was a gap. They filled the gap. They stalled out for a little while, pulled back a little bit. But when I say a little bit, that's important. They pulled back a little bit, which meant that they were spending some time, eating time off the clock right underneath the gap, which means what? Which means they're likely to push higher. To where? Near yesterday's highs. What did we say earlier? They would go to yesterday's highs. Okay, let's move it along. From here, you kind of get the point. I urge you to read the notes, go back to the charts, see what the market did after the notes were posted. What you'll see in the afternoon is that once again, we identified an important spot. And the important spot after the market gave up 311, we know naturally they're going to find some kind of support around 310, but we also cite 309. We have two things going on. We have 309 and then we have the gap on the way down. The gap is right around 308. So what we said was, and we'll go back to the chart and just double check, what we said is that there are two stops on the way down. One would be 309 and the next one would be the gap at 308, but they wouldn't necessarily all happen in one bite. Not only that, but we also had another resistance area cited in the middle of the day where the market wasn't able to get through. 311.70 was cited at 147, and then the market made a high of 311.69, and that was it until that end of the day run up. 
Check that. That was it anyway. They didn't get past that in the end of the day run up. So you see, when you know your numbers, what it does is it helps you A, either enter a trade, B, exit a trade at the right spot before the market stalls out and takes away some of the profit that you just accumulated on the way up. And it gives you something as a guideline, something to lean against. You're not flying blind. That's the main issue. Most traders, and we all know this, we have to admit it to ourselves when we're flying blind. We try and sell ourselves a bag of goods. We try and sell ourselves a story that we're right because. And we give ourselves a reason and we buy the story. Deep down, in places that we don't want to talk about, we know it's just a bunch of bunk. We know we lied to ourselves and we bought the story. That's one of those psychological mind games the market plays on us. Where does it come from? It comes from one place, greed. We're greedy, we want the profit, we want to be in the trade so we can get the profit, so we get in the trade by justifying the reason we're in the trade. That string of events happens when we don't know our numbers. Speaking of knowing our numbers, let's take a look at stocks on the move. Let's look at three opportunities that hit their numbers today. SJM, SMAR, CRWD. Now, we have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly every single day. Yesterday, we had a loser on the board. Not every day are the trades going to hand us an easy walk in the park, pocketfuls of profit. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's a base hit, sometimes it's a bunt for base hit, other times it's a double or triple or even home run. Keep in mind, again, this is like the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, it's a string of base hits. I don't want traders to have the expectation that they're going to hit a home run every single day. We're not. We'll hit them, but they don't come every single day. Now we'll take a look at what did they give us, what did they not give us. Smucker didn't give us the deal. Let me explain. Stocks getting a haircut closed yesterday at 114.39. So the level that I identified this morning was 109.15. You can see what happened. The stock came up short. It basically opened and went up like a rocket. And part of that's the reason because the market did the same thing. If the market stalled out or the market went down at the open a little bit, probably this and others would have come into their number rather than coming to a screeching halt at the open, turning around and already going back in the other direction. That was the trade we were looking for. But you can see, again, what's the takeaway? Look at the numbers. What's the low here? 109.16, one penny, really? And then finally they come in and they do the deal at the number, they go up a little bit, they go back and forth. Ultimately, they came down and ended up spending time for a cup of coffee so they may have lower to go tomorrow who knows doesn't matter we're not in the trade tomorrow they just didn't do the deal at the number today this morning activity that was the trade we were looking for so now just envision what if they did hit the number and i bought 200 shares that's a huge gain in minutes and when i say huge gain everything's relative it's huge gain for really not doing anything. And when we had to do the work, we come up with the number, we process the trade. It's not that hard. It's really easy money when they give it to you like that. What about smart sheet? This one was getting a real haircut at the open. The closing price was $58.97 yesterday. Stock opened the day down at $49.79, $49.71, whatever that was, and went lower. 20% haircut on an unknown company is a pretty good haircut. 20% haircut on any company is a pretty good haircut. 
So, couple of things. They did the coffee thing, we know that. We don't have to go over what a barista is. But again, the takeaway is the number worked. They just didn't give us the real trade. They gave us a trade, but they didn't give us the real deal. But, again, the takeaway is the number works. How about CrowdStrike? Now, this one gave the deal at the opening bell. The synopsis is as follows. Closing price, 98.10. Haircut, number on the board, 92.54. Low of the morning candle or the early candle, 92.26. Immediate turnaround, rocket ride, right up to $95 by 10 o'clock. So here's the deal. Anywhere in between 92.5 and 95 is a pretty darn good trade. Then you see what happened. They come back down, they run another test of what? An important number. How do we know it's important? Because it was on the board. And then they decided on the second go around to go on the real rocket ride. The problem is, at least for me, is I was no longer in the trade. The problem is nobody's left in that trade. Nobody's holding any port of the position after it comes down south of the entry point after the fact. If you are, that's your own trade. That's just not how I would teach managing a trade. In fact, it's not how I teach managing a trade. Takeaway, nice profit, important number. The numbers work. That's the takeaway. You see this over and over and over again. You see the commentary over and over and over again. It's a slap you in the face twice kind of deal. Three guys tell you you're drunk, go sit down. Stuff works day in and day out, give it a shot. Anything new over in Camp IWM? No. Eating some time off the clock in the same spot they were yesterday for the most part. Went up, went down, finished a little bit north of the closing price from yesterday. Nothing doing. What about the folks down in my transportation department? So much for the 9440. We can take that off the board. They spent one day there. The transports are like a man on a mission. Where are they going? Well, what you see in front of you is the 200 period moving average around 9800. On the weekly chart, we have a convergence of two moving averages, the 50 period and the 200 period, slightly above the 9,800, 9,919. So you can see what's going on here. If, in fact, those moving averages are acting magnetic toward price, then somewhere either at the first, at the second, or in between is the at least near-term destination under normal garden variety conditions for the transports. If we get the gap down in the morning on the phony jobs number, for example, yesterday's lows would be a bogey below that and hourly closes below that and then they would head to fill the gap from the day before. It's that simple. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything wrong with the queues? No. They went up to double top and have pulled back a little bit. That's it. I don't want to look at it any more than that. They're above the 20 period moving average by a little bit, a little bit too much. So for them to come back toward the 20 period moving average or go sideways, eating some time off the clock, letting the 20 period moving average, which we also like to call home base, letting home base work its way up to price, that would be normal garden variety market activity. And by the way, that's bullish behavior. What do we always say? Without the financials, it's unlikely the market gets very far in either direction. We don't see the financials exactly collapsing We see them moving higher. Is that a tell? Is it an indication? Is it an indicator? Is it a canary in the coal mine? It's whatever you want it to be. What we do know is it's not bearish. That's my takeaway. It's just not bearish.
It doesn't necessarily directly mean the market is going to follow suit, meaning the S&P and the Dow and the Qs. It just means the XLF was up, and that's not a bearish signal for the overall market. That's my takeaway. Smash Mouth, anything bearish on this chart? No. In fact, I'll give you one more. Remember last night we talked about the fact that they made an attempt to climb up this breakdown candle to get to the high. Well, guess what? They got to the high. Guess what they did? They closed above the high. Did they fill that gap right above? Yes, they did. What did they do? They went to a fat round number, a semi-fat round number of 150, a little bit north, and then backed off, but they closed above the breakdown candle high. So I'm going to take that as not bearish. Doesn't mean they're going to go up in a straight line from here, but it's not a bearish read. There's nothing bearish about Smash Mouth. It's overextended if there's a measurement for that, which there really isn't. But look how far it is away from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. Which one is that? It's the red trend line. So again, if they came back a little bit or went sideways to eat some time off the clock, that's not necessarily bearish. They're essentially recocking the gun one more time if they did that. Now, in the midst of doing that, if they collapse, that's a different story. We'll talk about that at the time. But right now, it's a duck. It's face value. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck... That's what we're doing here. We're trying to remove as much guesswork as we can and use the data or data that's in front of us to the best of our ability. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. This is a good place to pull the ripcord, so I will do that. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.